Hey everybody, welcome to Easy Podcast. This is episode two, and I'm Zach Abbotts. And I'm Eric Thurston. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about the Predator series. Do we have to? <laughs> yes. Yes, we have to. Okay. So I forced Eric to watch all the Predator movies. Well, he told me that he watched them, but uh, we'll find out later if he really did. Um, but what have you been up to? Um, well, other than work and all that kind of stuff, let's see. Watched this movie with my wife and my daughter the other night called The After Party. The After Party? <laughs> the After Party. Is Melissa McCarthy? No. Who is What is no, that? No, it's, um, it's, it's kind of the new school hip-hop artists. It's a movie about them. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was pretty crazy. I was, I didn't know what to expect. Was it it good or? Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, it gave you, it gave you kind of an insight to the, the new school hip hop world. Um, I mean, imagine if there was a movie 20 years ago that had the Beastie Boys and and NWA and, and, you know, the whole. Eric B and Rakim in this, you know, and all these guys that had all these cameos. I mean, DJ Khaled was in it. I mean, there's all these cameos. Did you just say his name over and over again? Yeah. (laughs) Another one. (laughs) Another one. (laughs) Major key alert. Right. But yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty raw and. Cool. Well, um, yeah, I started this show called The Good Place. Have you heard of this? No. So uh, Kristen Bell, not Christian Bale, but Kristen Bell. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I'm forgetting his name now. Uh, Ted Danson. There we go. Oh, wow. Ted Danson. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the writers from Parks and Rec and The Office work on this. It's hilarious. It's so, like, wholesomely hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's The premise is... Um, Kristen Bell's character dies and she goes to the good place, but she's not supposed to be at the good place. She's supposed to be at the bad place. Oh, wow. And so stuff starts happening at the good place that's not supposed to be happening, you know. And Ted Danson plays what? He's basically an angel, but they call him like the architect of that good place. Like there's multiple good places. Oh, uh-huh. But he's the architect of that one. Oh, okay. And uh, it's, it's pretty good. And Ted wow. Dance is just like freaking out the whole time because it's like, you know, it's like, oh, You're this is all my fault. This is, yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's pretty good. So, I, I, yeah, my wife and I have been having a lot of fun watching that. Um, and then we also got into a show called Godless on Netflix. Um, it's a Western with Jeff Daniels and some other people that you recognize when you're, when you're watching it. But, man, that show is shot awesome. I love Westerns. Like, I grew up watching Westerns. Westerns and horror movies were, like, my two things growing up that I watched every every day. And, uh, yeah, this show, is, this show is awesome. It's really cool. The look of it's cool, the style of it. And um, I think it's just a limited series, though. So I don't think there'll be any more to it. Mm. Yeah, it sounds interesting. I'll have to check that out. Uh, have you been working on anything? I was recently in Quartzsite, which why would anybody go to Quartzsite <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. it's this little kind of small town on in between Phoenix and L.A. off the 10. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm always looking for interesting things that, that are in close proximity, either to photograph or to film or, you know, to, to video or whatnot. And we're sitting there. Um, my daughter had been spending some time in L.A. and she was coming home. 
Um, but we're in Quartzsite, and there's this kind of national um, historical landmark of in this small little uh, uh, graveyard. And it was like High Jolly. And I'm like, High Jolly, that's kind of weird. Is it like a Native American or something? No. High Jolly? No. No. So here's, this is where it gets interesting, is, is that High Jolly was a, was a Syrian that had grown up being um, a camel caretaker. I mean, we're talking about late, um, mid-19th century. So camel caretaker in Arizona? Yes, that's weird, right? Yeah. Because I'm like, what in the world? So I start diving into this, and apparently, now this is, this the steam train had just been developed, so the tracks hadn't been, the, 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 the network and infrastructure of the tracks across the country haven't been completed, though that's what they were working on. So there's, you know, mule trains and stuff to that effect, but mule trains had a hard time getting through the Sonoran Desert and getting across from, you know, Texas to, of the to California because of the heat, oh, because the heat, right. of the just, yeah. And so I'm diving into the, you know, and, and it becomes this fascinating story. Like wait, yeah, you just down this rabbit hole. Yeah, of, yeah, totally. And, and apparently the, the government had signed off on bringing camels over because camels were used to those harsh environments and could, could make that trek. Sure. And so he was brought over as a caretaker of, hey, how do you how do you handle the camels and that type of thing? And I just thought that was fascinating because apparently some of the camels ended up in different circuses and stuff to that effect as technology grew and, you know, as roads got paved and the railways got finished and that type of thing, it kind of killed the 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 mule train and the, the camel, camel train. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's funny how technology ruined that, that opportunity though at the time the government spent like 30, $35,000, which at that time was yeah. a huge amount of money, which can barely buy you a car now. But I mean, it was just, it was fascinating to me to drive, dive down into that historical element because there's been stories and legends of, free camels roaming around the Arizona desert. Really? I haven't yeah. heard this. Yeah. The Sonoran there, desert? There were is... at a time. Oh, yeah. okay, there, okay. There were. Um, you know, they've since either been farmed off or died off. But apparently his, you know, his name was, um, it was Hodge Ali. Hodge Ali. So which not was Hodge his, Ali. right. But okay. imagine at that time, yeah, nobody could you've got anything. a bunch of cowboys, yeah. you know, and they're like, they're calling him High Jolly because they didn't High Jolly. Like what the heck? Right. Um, uh, but his his uh, Philip Tedro or Tedro was his was his like American Americanized name. name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, he was Syrian and Greek was his um, wow his parentage. But yeah, just just a fascinating story. And I got man, that'd be cool for a film short. That's something I never would have expected in Arizona. Right. Of all places. Exactly. Yeah, that's and wild. So his his burial is in Quartzsite. Like his tomb is in Quartzsite. And it actually has like this little pyramid thing and um so if you're if if you're interested, yeah, do a, we could do, do a short. But I'm thinking, man, how much would it cost to get camels and I'm sure anyway. we know a guy. <laughs> we we we'll probably know it a out. guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think it'd be cool. I mean, you know. That's a story I haven't seen, so yeah, let's yeah. let's do that. Yeah. 
Cool, man. Well, I've been in pre-production for this uh, narrative short series that we're doing here at work, and uh, we're getting ready to shoot that. It starts on the 20th. So that's been a lot of fun. I'm the, I'm the DP on that, and uh, some exciting stuff going on there. It revolves around this high school, you know, kager party. So right. Be, yeah, we were talking about getting a keg of root beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because <laughs> our actors are actual high schoolers, right. and so we, yeah, we can't bring in we're a not, bunch of actual alcohol. Or <laughs> yeah, anything we're like not that. Pr- promoting the, yeah. the, the delinquency of teenagers. Yeah, so we found a place locally, luckily that uh, yeah, they'll actually does root beer kegs, nice. which is kind of awesome because now I'm like, you know, whenever I have a kid or something, I'm gonna. Totally get them a root beer keg, you know. Yeah. Do a kegger. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We're doing uh, we're doing beer floats and keg stands. <laughs> yeah, kids. but don't go to that keg. That's for the adults, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, man. So this is the second episode of the Easy Podcast, and um, you know, the first episode we we didn't know what we're doing. We still don't know what we're doing. Yeah. But um, we've got a couple social media outlets that you guys can go to um we are at the easy podcast on instagram and twitter and then you can search for us um whatever you're listening to it on now if you want to look for us on spotify or stitcher that we're on there too or itunes if you're on one of those other ones and youtube right we're yeah on, we're yeah. on youtube as um the easy podcast show i think is yeah. what you have to search for um yeah. but um yeah man anything else going on um no no, not a lot. Cool. I mean, then I'm, I'll just cut this out. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to spoil Predator, Predator 2, Predators, and we'll try to have a segment of just spoilers for The Predator since it just right. came out. Yep. But if you don't want to know anything about any of these movies, we'll see you next week. Right. Um, <laughs> so, have a good uh, one. Yeah, have we a good appreciate one. Appreciate you guys. Peace out. Subscribe. Yep. See you later. <laughs> Did you just say peace out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, you're rubbing off on me. Gosh, I don't know how to end the episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right, our featured presentation. Predator, 1987. Yes. All right, I've got... Were you even born yet? No. <laughs> I was a year away from being born. I wasn't even well, born yet. You were, what, 18? I was 18. Oh, yeah. gosh, you old man. Yeah, there. I just spoiled my age on our <laughs> podcast. Well, we got an old guy and we got a young yeah. guy. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read the plot synopsis here sure and see if it just gets you gets you jived that was stupid i'm not gonna i'm not gonna leave <laughs> no, that in got there. It. i'm <laughs> editing this one and leaving that in <laughs> all right major dutch schaefer yeah is the leader of a military rescue unit looking for allies captured by gorillas in the latin american jungle schaefer and his team of seasoned combat veterans spot a gorilla camp destroy it and find the men they were sent to rescue executed. But when Schaefer attempts to lead his unit out with a captured gorilla in tow, something horrifying and inexplicable begins to happen. One by one, the men are killed by a mysterious adversary, a predator from another world. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting when, I, when you read this synopsis and I think back, see, because I was alive, and I can think back to what was going on during that time. <laughs> yeah, I read, you know, I, I caught up in history. I mean, just... <clears throat> the whole Iran-Contra scandal was okay. happening. So the whole gorilla thing and, you know, the, that whole mentality of that type of... Not to be confused of, with Contra. Right. <laughs> the video game. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Which was born out of that idea, I'm sure. Um, you know, there, the civil unrest that was going on in Central America at the time, you know, between uh, Nicaragua and Guatemala and, and, you know, those Central... 
uh, central countries and uh, our, the U.S. involvement there, as well as El Salvador, was a big, big part of that. Um, and that whole, because, you know, you don't think about guerrilla warfare nowadays. It's not really, you're like, yeah, you understand the mentality or the style because of, of that type of fighting per se. But, I mean, it was very much in the news all the time. Uh, about you know what was going on at that time so it's funny that you know this movie the art that's reflecting what was happening in real life yeah they're they're always kind of on point with the the action movies for sure i mean because they're they're relatively low budget and and quick to make you know these kind of action movies and so it's, it's it is interesting to see yeah the there's a couple things in this movie like the bad guys are made up of south americans and Russians, right? Which in '87, it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, okay. So you had the guerrilla warfare going on, Cold and then War. obviously Cold War yeah. was you know, kind of wrapping up. I mean, uh, timely again, yeah. With with, with things, um, yeah. Interesting that you know, and I've never really put that together. Um, a lot of times, growing up, going to the movies, I you know, you go to the movies to escape reality, and and yet. A lot of these movies are using reality as the basis of making it believable. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, even today, right? Where we see that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you have a lot more movies coming out now, too, that, you know, you'll get similar, you know, 10 movies the same year that are similar themed now, whereas you may have only been getting one or two back in the 80s. Right. I mean, like we talked about last week with Winter Soldier, right? Mm -hmm. And just kind of the, the atmosphere if you you know so to speak about kind of the the general attitude of of people and the government and that type of thing and then you know you got winter soldier kind of tackling that idea makes it very believable so you want some predator facts i yeah. got predator facts yeah let's hear some All right, predator fact facts. one shot entirely in mexico uh-huh um, and they had to cut away some of the brush of the jungle because the jungle was so thick that you couldn't actually, it wasn't very cinematic. You yeah. know, a real jungle, it's funny, a real jungle was too jungle. It's flat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, can't, you can't see through it. There's <laughs> leaves everywhere, trees, I mean, just brush everywhere. You couldn't, couldn't tell which way it was which. So they went in, cut out giant portions of it, and then, and then filmed in those, in those sections. You want another tasty fact? Give me another one. Give me another one. So... Arnold was courting um, Maria Shriver at the time. Okay. And filming had to be suspended for three weeks in the middle of the, the whole film process so that he could go get married. What? He got married I in didn't the know middle this. of the film process. Yeah. So I think he was gone for a week, two weeks. And took a honeymoon in the middle yeah, of Yeah, yeah in the, the middle the of filming. <laughs> and it was like... <laughs> Yeah, I just find that fascinating at that point. Another thing they had to do that um, they had to stop some of the production for was just the the costume, the monster right. costume. Yeah. Um, Hard to get around in, especially. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently the jungle that they were in wasn't flat. No. It was. All, they it were, was they a, shot it almost all on like 50 degree hills. Yeah. Crazy. They were doing. Yeah. So I, I can't even imagine just everybody one leg higher than the other for everything that you're doing and yeah it's that's insane that that's crazy crazy work conditions yeah i mean it's hot too but yeah to think that somebody had to run through these woods with 
with all that gear and and then even the actors they were carrying gear that weighed a ton too yep because they were all supposed to be you know full packed yep military guys but um yeah the the costume they had to redesign it because it looked like this praying mantis thing <laughs> that did not did not look good at all on camera once they you know the big rubber head and right and all this and so they um oh oh yeah and uh jean-claude van damme was the original actor in the predator suit. right yeah and uh i guess you know it's it's legend probably that he hated wearing the suit because you couldn't tell that it was him and so oh shocker know, yeah i know <laughs> yeah mr humble right yeah so they 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 went to stan winston Stan Winston redesigned it, I mean, real quick. And uh, James Cameron actually designed the the mandible mouth mm-hmm. piece to it. So pretty crazy how that all came together. And but because they had um because they had those extra weeks that they weren't they weren't filming the monster, they had to kind of work around it. So I ended up rewriting the script uh, pieces to not see the predator as much. Probably while while Arnold was in on his honeymoon. Yeah, in, in, on his honeymoon, right. <laughs> But I think I think that works for the the better of the movie. I, I like I like the Jaws, you know, the Jaws issue where you know the the, the shark broke down while they were filming Jaws, so they they had oh, to, right. they had to not show the shark as much as they originally wanted to. But I think that works. It does for the suspense of yeah, the absolutely. film, and, and I think um, you might look at Jaws and this. Um, I think a lot of people kind of mimic this now intentionally, right? Whereas these guys just did it accidentally, yeah. you know. Um, it's one of those happy accidents. Y- yeah, for sure. Because yeah. it definitely helps, yeah. like the mysteriousness of the mm-hmm. of the predator and everything. Fear of the unknown is probably one of the greatest fears, right? And so you're playing on that fear emotion because it's, you know, this fearful, ominous yeah. monster character that yeah works yeah. awesome. You bring up Stan Winston, um, the late Stan Winston, which great special effects artist. Probably the greatest. Um, who worked on Terminator, the first three Jurassic Parks, Aliens, yeah, and Iron Man. Yes, sir. You know, it's interesting, the whole, you know, you talk about the jungle and the environment and the slopes that they were trudging around on. And I've heard uh, different stories about how it wasn't when they took a break from, from filming it. And when they were done filming, it wasn't like, Hey, we, you know, we filmed this thing and it was oh, so fun. Right. They, it was like a survival, like it was yeah. truly a survival experience. Yeah. They're like, get me out of here as soon as possible. Yeah. And John claude Van Damme's like, yeah, get me out of this suit. Cause you can't see me and I'm not being highlighted. <laughs> yeah. And they're yeah. saying, okay, fine. So we have Kevin Hall replacing you. Yeah. Right. And so, Some you know, complete unknown at the time. Right. And, yeah. But I think because of his stature. Oh, he's huge. Right? He was yeah. what, seven, one or yeah. something like that. And so. And that was another thing, I guess, that they had issues with, you know, on the the Praying Mantis version was the stature compared to Arnold and Carl Weathers and Black and all these other guys that are substantially yoked. Yeah, because John Claude's (laughs) short. Yeah. Like five, five short. He's a a smaller guy in stature against these other guys. And so it was like, well, he's not very scary. Right. He's not. and so we need somebody that has a greater level of stature, which was cool. Here's another tidbit. Oh, give me one. <laughs> Did you know that the original Predator, um, written by Jim and John Thomas, produced by Joel Silver, it was spawned after Rocky Four. 
So Rocky Four is released, and there's this joke that was going around Hollywood saying that, well, Rocky's beaten every earthly competitor. Okay. So he would have to fight an alien <laughs> if there was a five. But I thought it was I thought it was interesting that because of this joke that was going around Hollywood that, oh, Rocky's going to fight an alien, that, you know, the Thomas brothers got a hold of that. And they're like, oh, let's write a screenplay based on this joke that was going around. And boom, now you have Predator. I had no idea. <laughs> I, I had no idea about that. That's freaking hilarious. It is. It is. So the next time you watch Predator, think of Rocky Balboa versus mm-hmm. a seven-foot alien. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Right, and of course he's gonna he's gonna get beat in the first round, and then yeah. there's gonna be some some kind of soul searching in the middle, and yeah. then he's gonna come back victorious. But in Rocky, in Rocky Five, the 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 boxing ring doesn't self explode, <laughs> right? Yeah. Spoilers for Predator. Sorry. Right. Um, but yeah, Predator man, John McTiernan, director, mm-hmm. legendary John McTiernan. Of course, directed one of the greatest, not just action movies, one of the greatest movies of all time, Die Hard. For sure, yeah. And one of my personal favorites that doesn't get a whole lot of love, uh, The Last Action Hero, which Mm -hmm. was also written by Shane Black, who we'll talk about later. Right. And then um, he turned down directing Predator 2 to do The Hunt for Red October. And good choice on that one. (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about that one in a second. Yeah. But I mean, those three, those three other movies are just—they're in leagues of their own in a lot of for ways, sure. and they're just awesome. Sure. And DP though, Donald McAlpin, McAlpine—I don't know. DP Donald McAlpine. Yeah, we'll, we'll go, go with, with that. that. We'll go with that. <laughs> um, the DP Donald McAlpine did Mrs. Doubtfire, mm-hmm. Clear and Present Danger, and X Men Origins Wolverine. Mm-hmm. So this guy's done Predator. Let's just say that. And Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> right. And we won't talk about anything else. Yeah. Um, but it was filmed on film, obviously, 1987. and not a whole lot of other options there. Right. 35 millimeter Panavision. Yep. Just a couple thoughts on it. Um, man, I, I watched this a couple weeks ago. Didn't age well dialogue wise. Right. Well, it, what, it didn't have, there wasn't much dialogue in the beginning. No, there's I not mean, much, was, there's not much. And anything, basically anything that uh, Jesse the Body Ventura <laughs> says is know, just inappropriate and, and cringy. awful and cringy. <laughs> yeah. And oh man, yeah. It, it, there's so many in non politically correct moments. Oh, like, yeah. Dropping the F bomb that you not not the four letter F bomb, you know, the other one, but it, yeah. it's so bad. It's well, really not good. And and I mean we're talking nineteen eighty seven here, so there wasn't a lot of political correctness back then. Especially in um, action movies. Yeah. I mean they I mean you didn't it wasn't like that was my resistance. You know, you're like, Oh, I'm gonna make Eric go back and watch the Predator. I'm like, Oh dude, I don't really care about Predator and, and the whole thing. And this was the this was the reason why, because it was there wasn't any substance. And no. it wasn't designed to have any substance. No. It was a it was a it was an action shoot 'em up. It was it was you and that's what it was. It was a testosterone filled shoot 'em up and it was an escape. You know, and yeah, it's entertainment. Really was, and, um, and there's not a whole lot of great dialogue in it. And I think the the thing that actually interests me more about the movie isn't so much the the dialogue, 
it's the it's, well that's good yeah right <laughs> yeah it's it's it, the story the, the the story structure or i guess like the maybe how it's edited mm-hmm. is is a lot more interesting to me yeah because you sure. start off with this this big 80s testosterone filled go shoot them everybody kind of movie with you know with the commando crew and everybody yeah you know, everybody's got their specialty and all this yeah. stuff and then you slowly like you start picking them off one by one and then yeah. you're just left with one character you know arnie and i like that because i feel like nothing else in my limited knowledge of you know 80s 70s movies nothing else really did that right at the time yeah you and didn't kill off all the characters no, right yeah. So um, I, that's that's the thing that always gets me about Predator is it's so interesting in in a story aspect of it's not just you know four guys just going in and just wreaking havoc and then you know yeah we save the day right it's which is essentially what they did well yeah <laughs> but, Arnold but it's I don't know it just it feels it feels more interesting than that because they strip everything away they get rid of the guns they get rid of the giant minigun, which is one of the best scenes in the whole movie mm-hmm. where they're just mowing down the whole, yeah. the whole the jungle. jungle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The gardeners are here. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's a little <laughs> off the top. All right. <laughs> but, oh man, I just, I, I love that aspect of it where it strips everything you, you know and expect from an eighties movie. And it, and it says, we're going to give a guy some mud and some sharp sticks. Right. And he's going to have to fight a seven foot tall, alien with a laser right and you know what i mean so i I always i really dug that aspect of it that that, that's that's the one probably element of it that really separated it from every other 80s alien movie well i think yeah i totally agree with you um what's fascinating to me is when seeing it in the theater as an 18 year old going oh yeah that was cool testosterone mindless shoot 'em up flick yeah that that received an average um at best reception when it was released um there's a lot of very scathing reviews that threw it threw it under the bus at the time but then fast forward 13 years and then all of a sudden it pops up on the the top 100 action movies list. of all time right yeah and it's like wait what what are you what are you saying um like it it pops up on afi in, in 2001 their list of top 100 action films wow ew in 2007 also lists it as one of the best action movies of all time and it's like hang on <laughs> yeah you guys <laughs> wait, hated this movie wait, 20 hang, years yeah, ago hang on yeah and and it's interesting to see and, and I think what happened is, is that the things that, that it spawned, right, from, from that point, the, the, the comics mm-hmm. and the sequels, well, we can argue like, eh, you know, which we're going to get into yeah, here. We'll in get a into second. it very briefly. But uh, it's interesting, you know, the, the, the film style, mm-hmm. the, like you mentioned, they pick, they, they kill all the main characters primarily. I mean, obviously leaving. Dutch or Arnold. Yeah, because I mean, that was a big part of it because you have Carl Weathers. Mm-hmm. Who you're like, oh, you're not going to kill Carl Weathers. No. And you I mean, cut that's his Apollo arm Creed. off and you, you blow don't, him up. Yeah, yeah you don't, right. You're not killing Apollo Creed. Yeah. I mean, that's like killing Black Panther. It's like, wait, what? I know. Yeah, yeah it's it was a big deal at the time for sure. And yeah. I, I think it's funny that it took you know 20 years for people to kind of sit down and realize, oh, this was kind of ahead of its time. Yeah. 
in a lot of ways. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, and that's the thing is for me, watching the whole, the last 30 years of that, you know, and what, how it was received at the time of release versus now and, and all the different things that have come out of that. It's, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, it's, and you know, another example of the, the Blade Runner syndrome where, right. Critics hated Blade Runner oh, when it, was, it came out. Yeah, it was, it was a bore really, so and it was awful. slow. And 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 then they released the 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 director's the cut. director's cut, and everyone was like, "Oh, this is a this is a masterpiece." You know, the narration's yeah. gone now, and mm-hmm. stuff was changed. And, and yeah, it's a huge. I like the narration. I don't. I I I I think it's because of the nostalgia for me. When, oh, because when you, it was because re- you saw because it. I saw it when it was released and 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 that was my original experience. Yeah, my mine um, was at thirteen and it was the director's cut. Yeah, so that to me that's the ultimate. I mean, version. I do like the director's cut better. If I was sit, if I'm going to sit down and watch it again, which I probably will, ahead of watching twenty forty nine, um, which I haven't yet. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I would watch the director's cut. Yeah, even it, though the nostalgia and the appreciation for the narrative, the narration version is yeah. And is I there. have the Blu-ray, and it's got four or five versions on it. So it has the theatrical, and then it has the I think it's the European theatrical, which I don't think has the narration. Oh, okay. And then the director's cut, and then there's a work print. Oh, really? Which was like real raw yeah you know and that um, would be cool very different. i, I, seen I that. think i think i've watched it uh, i can't recall it's been it's been a few years though but then there's the the final cut which is the one that they actually went back in and they they touched up some stuff and the the thing that i like about this is um this release was they gave you all five versions they that didn't is they cool. didn't just give you the final cut version that really cut really scott you know, wanted you to see, but you know, he has a, a forward in the in the final cut, and he says, "This is this is my ultimate version of this movie. This is what I set out to do in 1982, uh, I think. Oh, gosh, don't don't at me. But um, <laughs> it's all good, and it, it it's awesome. But he but he goes on to say at the end, you know, but these other versions need to be seen as well because this is this is the yeah, history the process, of it. This yeah. is the process." And, you know, looking at you, George Lucas, although I can't entirely blame you anymore for it, you know, you, you only gave us the special editions of Star Wars. And 82. I hate you for it. 82? All right. 82. You're Bear my, Trap. Bear Trap. I was just going to go there. Yeah. All right. But, like, George, you know, he, he won't give us theatrical versions of, of Star Wars, and, and that's, that's always been a bummer. But this is another tangent. Yeah. This is the tangent episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we no, got to have No, these, we're going like, to keep it tight. We're going to keep it tight. Give it tight. Subtitles. Um I think I think this movie looks great. Um I think it looks a little different than I mean have, have you seen it um on Blu-ray or or just just DVD? Um I have not seen it on Blu-ray. Okay. Yeah, I think it looks great. It's a really good transfer. They re- redid the transfer recently. So it's a digital um, remaster or mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. 4K remaster that they nice. did, and it looks really good. Um, I mean, 35 millimeter, you know, it blows up fine still. Yeah. Um, now but, let's, sorry for the tangent, but <laughs> talking about digitally remastering, when they do digital remasters, do they do they recolor grade that? Do I mean, is there any other processing a, that they yeah. do? Yeah, so they'll take a negative sometimes. They'll actually take the original negative and then go in and, and redo it. Or they'll take a... Um, I guess a print, like a final print, mm-hmm. um, real, and then they'll scan them in. 
and they'll scan them in. The technology's gotten to where I think you can scan 35 millimeter in as like 12K now if you want oh, to wow. or something like that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but, you know, we're not we're not showing those at homes at 12K, 4K is the, the most that I think anybody will really need at home. Um, you know, 8K is on the horizon, but I, I seriously doubt it will be as, as ad- adopted as, as 4K is. But, um, yeah, so they'll scan in those original either the negatives or a really like the master print right if, yeah. if they can find it yeah so i mean there's a salt mine in i think somewhere in california or utah or something where like warner brothers and fox keep all their their stuff all the masters yeah all the masters yeah. and yeah it's really interesting um process i don't i don't know enough about it um i know there's a couple of companies that really focus on doing a lot of it but yeah they've come a long way where they where they you know in the dvd age the early dvds they were scanning them in just at the bare minimum that they needed to, but now they're like, "Hey, these are, this is a, an archive system now." Yeah, maybe you know, that's another we, podcast. Yeah, if we lose these films you know, on film, we have them and you know backed up six different ways for for digital, and, and we have them in six K, eight K, whatever. Right. But yeah, I think it's I think it's really interesting to see. Um, it's always a, a fun uh, aspect of Blu-rays and and even HD like you know iTunes and stuff like that that I, I like seeing like these forty-year-old movies that just look amazing, like Casablanca which is a four by three movie um, still looks great mm-hmm. on Blu-ray because it's a th- film print. Right. Yeah. You know, films, yeah. a archive system in a lot of ways. So, right. Yeah. And the quality of, of that, of film, it just can't be duplicated with digital. It, I'm, I'm sorry. It just can't. No, it hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah. Sorry. Not sorry. Sorry. It hasn't. But uh, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of airy um, stuff that I like. You know, the Alexa, I think, is probably the best-looking yeah. digital camera out there. Yeah. Um, probably the most w- it's definitely used the most camera used. With, with, if you look at how many Oscar noms and Oscar wins. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that, it's definitely the choice. Yeah. Above and beyond the rest. Yeah. I like um, I like filming on RED. I like the the um, the menu system on the RED, I think, is, is one of the most intuitive and it's also just one of the most accessible camera systems because it's a, it's a lot cheaper than than an area or, or um, yeah, Panavision, which is basically a red now. But right, um, yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. So Predator Two, that why don't we have Arnold? Well, apparently there was a salary dispute, and he didn't like the director. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> this guy that did Nightmare on Elm Street Five. Mm-hmm. I. I don't like this movie at all. This is this is the worst one in the series if you're not counting the ABP. Alien versus Predator movies. Right. And, and actually, it might still be worse than those. It's bad. Yeah, perhaps. It's bad. It, it's yeah. it's really bad. I, there's man, there's maybe two redeeming qualities to it. Wait, you found two redeeming there's qualities? Two. <laughs> and I'm going to get to them right now. So those two redeeming qualities are Bill Paxton. Yes. Because he's Bill Paxton. I love Bill Paxton. And the new Predator weapons. So Stan Winston's creature design studio, mm-hmm. they had more time to work on this movie. Mm-hmm. And so they, they came up with the spear, the throwing discs, um, the net gun, mm-hmm. and uh, then also the Predator medical like curing stuff that, that he does. And so I, those are the two, two redeeming qualities, and that's about it. That's, there's nothing else good about this movie. Yeah, so true. I mean, so it was an adaptation from from the comics. Right, which it, it got greenlit because the comics after Predator 1 
did so well. Exactly. 20th Century Fox didn't even want to make it. And I don't saw blame the them. Yeah, right. I mean, the script <laughs> the script is bad. And it's directed by, um, we mentioned the Nightmare on Elm Street 5 director. His name is Stephen Hopkins. And no wonder Arnold didn't like him. I mean, this guy is, is about as plain Jane as it can get, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, he did the, oh, I can't remember what year it was, but 90... Was it 97, maybe 98, the Lost in Space movie? Oh, right. And that movie, <laughs> that movie is kind of a mess, too. And it just looks, it looks so cheesy. And then he wor- went on to work on some some TV, you know, 24 Legacy, which I haven't seen, and then Californication, which I've only seen parts of. And Well, he the Ghost in the Darkness, that was, I, I like that. Yeah. And I think it was, the storyline was, was amazing. I mean, it's like... The lions or the land sharks, you right? Know I, mean? I think a lot of that movie maybe is is fixed by the the actors. True. I mean, you got Michael Douglas and Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, right? Yeah. And then the cinematography in it is amazing. It's, it is the cinematography is awesome. So I, I don't know if you know. He had the right team. Yeah, yeah, pull, exactly. Yeah. He had the right support. Yeah. So maybe maybe he just didn't have off. the right team on 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 Predator Two, or or maybe just somebody just okay. didn't tell him. Ab- no. Okay, no. All right. I love Danny Glover. Danny Glover as the the partner to Mel Gibson in the Lethal Weapon series. Um, we, I mean, just had some great comedic moments, nods to the writers there. Danny Glover is not your main action guy. Like he, He's he just, no Arnold Schwarzenegger. He, he, he just, he's not. I mean, nothing against Danny. Just, it's <laughs> not the right role. He's grandpa with a desert eagle. Yes, yes. <laughs> like he's sitting in the rocker chair. Yeah. I mean, oh, we got to get these gangs, <laughs> these these LA gangs. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, oh. no. Uh, yeah, no. Why does he always look and and Danny, if you're listening and you're not, why did, why does he always look like he just broke his back when he's when he's like walking around and running around everywhere? <laughs> he always looks like he just either got like an adjustment. <laughs> And so he's just kind of sore or like he just just deadlifted 500 pounds. And he's right, like walking right. it like off. He's trying to get in yeah. shape for the, Every, the role. Yeah, yeah. it's oh, he does not have a on screen persona to go along with the action hero that's required for this. Right. Film. Right. And even though he's in the Lethal Weapon movies, he does not come across like an L.A. cop in this. No. And he's and he's not. I mean, he's not Mel Gibson. Right. No. I mean, Mel Gibson is the is the, you know, machismo, testosterone filled. I'm crazy. I, I'm mm-hmm. not afraid of anything. I'll go, <laughs> right. you know. And that's the whole point that their their chemistry worked in that movie because Danny Glover is the opposite. The polar opposite. And, and yeah. that's what Danny Glover, you know, is really strong at. Yes. I mean, he's a great actor in that lane, not the lane of the testosterone filled Mochismo, I'm gonna. I yeah, will, run uh, to gunfire. Yes, yeah, like, yeah, fearless and yeah. Yeah, I don't look at Danny Glover and think fearless. <laughs> I think of Danny Glover sitting on a on a toilet seat with a bomb under it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think not the right casting for sure. For oh no way. To the it just, Bill Paxton for sure is a saving grace. Yeah, um, and uh, the only actor to be killed by a Terminator, a Predator, and an alien. Right. Yep. I love that. Who put her in charge? Came <laughs> yeah, over, man. That's right. Came over. So many great one-liners from Bill Pat. I, I mean, you know, a lot of those is from the writers. Yeah. But 
how lucky do you have to be as an actor to land in all these different films and have these have these great one-liners that are going to be quoted, you know, to eternity. Oh, forever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even from um, Weird Science, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. Bill Paxton and Weird Science. I mean, now we're getting into John Hughes. Yeah. Which uh, we'll, we'll have a John Hughes episode. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's... I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I love John Hughes. Oh, I, I mean, I feel like I was born, you know, 10 years too late. Sorry. I know. It's that generation of movies. I just, it's, it's my bread and butter. All, all me. That's all me. Yeah. I can quote breakfast club all day, every day. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So back to predator two, it takes place in an alternate 1997, but it was released in 1990. Right. And it's, uh, it takes place in this giant heat wave that's supposed to be coming through LA. And that's why the predators there. Cause Oh, backstory for the predator. He, he loves being in hot climates. Mm-hmm. So it's such a 180 from from the vibe of the original. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have the concrete jungle, which let let me let me just read the oh, plot synopsis oh, oh no. for Predator Two. This electrifying action sequel <laughs> unleashes the deadly invisible predator in another jungle, the urban jungle of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Danny Glover stars as a lieutenant who mistakenly concludes that mangled bodies found by the police are the work of feuding gangs. Instead, he finds himself confronting a savage alien who has come from a distant world to hunt humans for sport. Mm-hmm. Gary Busey co-stars in this action-packed high-tech thriller. Yeah, well, there's part part of the problem. <laughs> <sighs> This is the first movie he did after his, his motorcycle accident. Yeah. Also. I mean, Gary, Gary, Busey. Gary Busey, which I've been t- t- told on numerous occasions who I look like. Oh, I never thought like about that. I, but yeah. Like if I grow okay. my hair out just a little bit and yeah. I totally just bedhead it and mm-hmm. come out and I kind of do one of these drunken look, it's like straight. Gary, is that you? Right. Yeah. Which is funny. Funny side note. Um, his son, Jake. Uh-huh. Um, I was on deck for a stand-in for Jake Busey. And for what? I don't remember. It was being filmed in Austin. It was when I was living in Austin. <laughs> and, uh, and I found out, because th- when they, you know, they, they put out the, oh, what do you call it, the, the casting notices. Mm-hmm. And so I got the casting notice, hey, we're looking for a stand-in. You know, and the measurements were almost exact, except he's two inches taller than I am. Oh, okay. And so it, the funny thing was... <laughs> It was like, wait, I'm reading this, and and like I knew who Gary Busey was, but I'm like I didn't know who Jake Busey was at the time, and so I go on IMDb and Google and look him up, and I was like, it was like looking in a mirror almost. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm totally getting yeah. this. Yeah. And and they went a different they went a different direction, and I can't remember what the reasoning was, but I thought I just thought that was funny, like I was. I was being considered as a stand-in for him to, during to filming. basically be yeah, yeah Jake Busey yeah oh man yeah very strange but yeah Gary Busey I mean kind of a hot mess yes kind of a hot mess the whole movie is a hot mess and yeah Gary so doesn't help it right in. <laughs> yeah yeah maybe he 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 might be he might be one of the okay things about it just yeah. because he is so ridiculous yeah you know yeah. Um, the the scene where he where he gets spoilers, the scene where Gary Busey's character dies, 
He gets sawed in half by this disc, this this predator disc. Yeah. But only his awesome. l- only his lower <laughs> half falls down. Mm-hmm. How's that happen? Where does the rest of him go? It's yeah. just floating in the Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Just little things like that that don't make any sense. And, you know, the original cut of the movie um got an NC-17 rating. It was the the first movie to get that rating. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I, I didn't, didn't either. That. I didn't either. And uh yeah, pretty interesting. So then I had to go back and completely cut it down to get the theatrical version that we have now. But which that's uh, that they went back because of that rating, right? To yeah. Re-edit to so re-edit. You get the R rating mm-hmm. to reach a wider audience. Yep. I think that's interesting because an R rating now is not the same as it was back then. No, but it's funny. A lot of studios still treat it the same way. They still treat it like it's kind of a death curse that you're not going to have as many numbers. And 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 maybe there is truth to that. I don't know. The PG-13 is kind of the you know, sweet spot. The sweet spot that, um, you know, if if you aren't aware, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure PG-13 was created for uh, Indiana Jones, um, Temple of Doom. I'm pretty sure that was what the PG-13 rating was created for was for that movie because oh, it wasn't yeah. quite R, yeah, but yeah. it wasn't low enough to be PG. And right. So the MPAA came out with uh, the PG-13 rating. And, um, yeah, I mean, this movie, who, who cares? I mean, really? Like, honestly, it's uh, yeah, the, the yeah. rating Can wouldn't have on? helped it. It Can wouldn't have done. Yeah. Who let's, cares? Just, is the perfect word. Can we just we're moving on? on. <laughs> so I'm going to move on to the 2010 movie Predators, which which Eric hasn't seen. No, it's so it's so again, like the, the first one was average at best. And that was my experience. I didn't revisit it 13 years later when AFI puts it on their their top 100 list. Mm hmm. And so I'm like, my experience is what colored that lens. That was why I was so resistant to this whole, I'm like, I probably wouldn't have gone to see the new one, which is, or I would have waited till it hit Netflix or something, mm-hmm. um, which was a, which would have been a bummer because I enjoyed it. Then you get into Predators in 2010, which is kind of, they're, they're trying to do a remake, like a reboot of right. the series. You know, AVP had been out. Uh, Alien vs Predator Requiem, I think, had already been out too, um, and so they were just like, let's let's distance ourselves away from that. Yes, please and thank you. Yeah, <laughs> right. So Predators, they get away from the number convention here, and they just they go with what everybody's doing now is just adding an S to the end of it, or just mm-hmm. adding a the, <laughs> which we'll talk mm-hmm. about in another one. Mm-hmm. And um, this movie was. Basically, creative controlled by Robert Rodriguez of uh, El Mariachi, mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Planet Terror fame, and he was the the lead producer on Dust it. Dust Dawn from Dust Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really appreciate that guy. I think he's done a lot for the film community in a lot of ways. Um, he's also been a real advocate of just technology. Again, yep. Who cares? You know, just make the movie. You know, if make the technology work for whatever you need it to work, and and then just make the thing. So. I've, I've always really liked Robert Rodriguez and had a lot of respect for him. And I was in film school when this movie came out. Oh, wow. And so it, it was it was really exciting for me in a lot of ways. And then I went to see it, and I hated it. I, I didn't like it at all, and I, and I don't know why, because then I watched it last week, and I thought it was actually really good. And I don't know what, what was so going Adrian, through my head. Adrian Brody works for you? I mean, it's, I, it's, it's, it's he still of, doesn't work. He still doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. It's me. kind of the Dan, Danny Glover thing. It it's is. like not the right. Like I think of Adrian Brody as kind of this this intellectual. Um, he, you know, he's 
just a, a, not a mercenary. No, he's the pianist. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I mean, yeah. more cultural, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. just more educated. Yeah, it, it, he still didn't work. But I thought his acting was was great. Obviously, great leaps and acting. bounds better great, yeah. than Danny Glover. But yeah. I, I still had a problem with just him being in that situation. Right. Um, casting is a casting huge thing. Is a huge thing. Yeah. And and even if you're a great actor, if you don't just if you just don't fill the shoes of kind of this the scene or the situation that you're in, it just doesn't work. You know, something right. about it just doesn't work. Um, and I understand why they did it. You know, they, they did it because they didn't want it to be immediately a rip off of the first original Predator with, you know, let's oh, let's get another big guy. Let's get The Rock or somebody in here. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, well, you're just trying to do Predator with Arnie. No, you know, they, I, I understand why they did it. I just don't think it worked. Ooh, that's, that would be interesting. The Rock and the Predator movie? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not, I'm I not can, against that. I can see that. Yeah, for I sure. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's a, that would be a great casting. That would be, I think. Yeah. And I think you could you know, maybe tone him down a little bit mm-hmm. too. And, um, but I guess if you want to go see the rock in the jungle, just go watch Jumanji, which <laughs> I just I, recently saw. Dude, I, is that not it great? Was, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Jack Black playing a teenage girl is probably the best. I mean, just some of the Speaking best. Speaking of casting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. The cast on that was was perfect. It's really great. Yeah. It really the is. The energy is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got Kevin Hart and, well. Kevin Hart is hilarious in this. <laughs> we're going on another tangent. Yeah. Jumanji, I, I, I was another, like. That's, we got another podcast. No, we're going to talk about it now. <laughs> okay. I was just like, oh, this movie is just, it's, you know, because I grew up with the original Robin Williams right, one. Yep. It's such a different tone. Yep. Uh, and then you, it was it, it, this one to me was was more playful and fun. For sure. The original with Robin Williams was, dark. was 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 dark and really like it just. Yeah, man, it, it was, was serious. More, yeah, it was it had a I mean, the, the main underlying message of like the, the original one with Robin Williams was like your your dad sucks. Yeah. And I, that's this whole thing is his dad, which is played by the same character. That's the uh, the hunter is. Yeah, it's great. It's great writing, and it's really interesting. But it's it's not playful. It has comedic moments, but it's definitely not a yeah. playful movie. Right. And then you come into this movie, and I appreciated that it had little little nods, little winks mm-hmm. at the original. But it was like you know what, we're our own thing. It we're not rehashing. Right. It wasn't a reboot. Yeah. 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 It was well done. Yeah. I actually saw that like three or four times in really? the theater. Really, man. I not that I, I regret not seeing it in the theater now. Not that I paid to see, I paid to see it once but went with a group and oh, it, yeah. was, it was cool yeah i mean I, I would have paid to see it more than once i mean it was great i do wish i would have seen it in the theater now because <laughs> it's it's just it's a it's a big movie and it's a lot of fun yeah i really i really regret not seeing it in the theater now yeah yeah how did we get oh the rock yeah the rock yeah so i understand it. what they were doing with their agent brody yeah. they didn't want another yeah arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. in there and i get that but you know that's an interesting thing so a lot of times these sequels they they try to be their own thing and they deviate from what worked right so you can argue so this is 2010 so you've had all these nods from film.com ew from afi saying that predators was or predator was awesome mm-hmm. so yeah top 100 yeah so so there's there's obviously uh, a market and there's a feel at this point in time when they make that decision to film this, right? Because they probably started filming 2008 
Yeah, right. Maybe early 2009. Um, but deviating from that plan to make it its own thing, right? You mentioned Jumanji, the original being so much different than Welcome to the Jungle. And it worked, and it was awesome. And it wasn't like this, you know, eye roller mm-hmm. where sometimes deviating from that original plan is not what people want. No. Right? It's like you deviate too far, like, and it, it just, it's like, well, I'm going to see Predator or Predators or AVP or whatever the sequel is because the the I just liked that testosterone filled. I want to escape. I want to see some good explosions and CGI and all that type of thing. I get something completely different, and then I'm, I'm walking away disappointed. Mm-hmm. I think that was a lot of my issue with it back in 2010 when I saw it was, you know, uh, the, I I didn't care much about the predator, like the actual creature itself. I Mm -hmm. I thought the design was great and it was cool, but I didn't need to know anything about it. I didn't need to know any history about it. I liked it being that kind of mysterious, scary horror creature that could just be anywhere it wants to be. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, right. And 2010's Predator is really... It gave me a lot of backstory and lore and all this stuff that I I don't really I don't care about. I don't right. care. I don't need to know it. I want to just right. be I want to be I want to be scared. I want to be I want to jump whenever Adrian Brody is jumping. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of this movie was nobody was nobody was jumping. <laughs> you know, there was every everybody was trying to be a little more macho than than they they should have been. Right. Adrian Brody's character was you would think he was four feet bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger just by his personality and stuff. And it didn't fit. Yeah. Overacting. He was. Right. And he had to over, he had to overact. He had to oversell. Right? Yeah. And when you're overselling what's already sold, then yeah. it falls flat. But um, I'm sitting here watching this again, you know, last week and there's a lot of really good stuff in it, actually. A lot of little things that I really appreciated. There was, um, you know who Walton Goggins is? You should know who Walton Goggins is. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. He's mm-hmm. um, the the, bro- the broker, the, the guns runner guy or whatever. And um, he's also in Justified and, and a bunch of other things. He's in Maze Runner, uh, the last Maze Runner series or movie. But he's great. Walton Goggins is great. And he's in this movie. I had totally forgotten. I didn't know who he was back in 2010. And he's hilarious. And he's, I mean, he's inappropriate. Like he's a, he's a prison con, you know, con mm-hmm. man. And, and he's, you know, not great, but he's just, I just remember stuff like that where like, that's, that's another thing back to casting is his cast, that character was casted so well. And I love that actor. I think he's great in everything he does. And then another thing with the casting that I think worked really well was the Topher Grace character because, um, spoiler alert for, for Predators, but the Topher Grace character is this, he's unarmed through the whole movie and he's supposed to just be like a doctor is what you think of. And then at the end, you find out that he's actually back on Earth. Oh, the whole movie takes place on another planet, by the way, which is another reason I didn't like it. Because a part of I, I liked I liked the Earth, even though this just looks like a jungle. Mm-hmm. There's like two scenes where they show the sky, and there's like four other planets in the shot. So that's the only way you ever know that it's not Earth. Mm-hmm. It still looks like a normal jungle. Um, but Topher Grace, his character is it's actually he's actually like a mass murderer back on Earth, and wow. that's why he was chosen. But you don't find it out to the end. Well, this this is the first time we see the alien dog, right? Yeah, yeah. This is the first alien dog. I think they're in the comics, but the the alien dog though was was great because it's based off of the original John Claude Van Damme Predator suit. 
a little bit. Is it really? Yeah, they they went with like the praying mantis head for it and mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And uh, yeah, that I thought that was an interesting um, little homage to that, um, which was I hate the predator dogs. Like I think they're kind of stupid, but I, I understand you know why they're there. Hunters have dogs, sure, yeah. and it makes sense. Yeah. But I still think they're a little cheesy. Um, and yeah. we'll get to that in 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 the predator in a second because I had a lot of issues with that in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, some cool things though about predators. Um, the opening scene is the skydive where you just you wake up with Adrian Brody falling through the sky, and then he has no idea where he is and all this stuff. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and there's a lot of homages. There's a minigun again from like Predator One. Uh, the jungle traps is in there. That a uh, previous person that was there before any of the other main characters there who's who's dead um, is set, and they have to kind of jump through them and, and get out of the way. And and they actually mention the, uh, the 1987 military team that went through this mm-hmm. but um you know the acting is the acting is strong even though there's like some really really strong stereotypes like the asian guy knows how to use a samurai sword the mexican guy is the cartel guy and he's got two uzis and you know there's just a lot of like really on the nose mm-hmm. character pieces there that but i think the acting overall is is really good and there's there's some really strong moments it's not nearly as bad as i remember it being but that brings us to 2018's The Predator. Yes. I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I yeah. was like, there was there was more. I mean, even you said that because you had seen it a few days ahead of me. And uh, I, I didn't walk in with a, a lot of expectation. Yeah, neither did I. My expectation was probably at the same level when I saw the first one originally. <laughs> right. I was like, okay, cool. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot of cool effects and blowing stuff up and some but i was i was pleasantly surprised now i got to see it in the dolby cinema experience which you know the chairs are vibrating and the bass is just you know yeah it was it it was well done i think i think the casting in it was great there isn't like some big name well funny that jake Busey's in there i mean there's a lot of nods back to the original and he actually does play his his dad's character's son yeah he's his son twice and yeah right yeah and I'm like, oh look, I'm on screen. <laughs> <laughs> your, yeah, yeah, your stand-in yeah. is on screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I did. I appreciated the 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 very tastefully done nods to the original. Yeah. Um, Except for there's a few that I'll disagree with you on. Okay. I want to get into that in, in in a little bit. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil some of that right now. I want to. I want us to have an, a spoiler free section up front here. But sounds good. The the first the first thing that you see in this movie is a nod to the original, mm-hmm. and it's the it's the spaceships. It's the stars, and then the predator spacecraft flies mm-hmm. through it, just mm-hmm. like the original. Right. Except this time it's getting chased by another one. Right. And the. I thought um, I thought a part of that was cool though. Um, the 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 space tearing that was cool. was really cool. I thought yeah. that it looked cool. It was a cool idea um, that you don't see executed like that very often. Yep. And I thought that was a really neat a neat way to do it. What what did you really like about this movie? Well, I think it had more substance than I expected. There was more substance story wise than than I expected, um, and it really drew me in. And I was like, oh okay. And I went along for the ride. I think. You know, I mentioned the casting earlier. The um, because the casting wasn't familiar, they could have went anywhere with those characters, right. and and I didn't have any. You know, you know, we mentioned Danny Glover earlier. Danny Glover doesn't work in that role because 
of previous roles that he's played that kind of set our expectations. Yeah. Adrian Brody, again, you mentioned the pianist. Yep. It's like Adrian Brody doesn't work in that mercenary role in not to pigeonhole actors into, you know, one type of role, but... But if you've only had that type of role up until that point, it's hard to, it's, to transition it, over. It, yeah, the believability becomes yeah. difficult. It's hard for the audience, us as the audience, to to, to connect mm-hmm. that piece of it. So I they, mean, if Adrian Brody would have went on to do f- 10 more action movies, I would be like, yeah, okay. So the Predator, you know, Predators was just his, his first one. It was a misstep. Right. But now he's an action movie guy, you know. It didn't work out that way, though. And it's not like they didn't have any known actors in it. Um, I mean, you had Jake Busey, and and he fit that role. He, you know, was just a it was you know a supporting role piece. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, a major part of it. But um, and then you have um, well, Boyd Holbrook is the main character, right? Um, which he's from Narcos. Uh, the first two which seasons I didn't of Narcos, see which you Narcos. Seen. Yeah. I think it's great. It's I think it's on Netflix, and he's in the first two seasons of it, and I think they're at, I think they're at four or maybe just three now, but he's not in the next two. Um, but does that fit? That yeah, he's a, he's a I think he's a CIA like operative. Oh, well, there that. you go. And and yeah, so he he's yeah he's handling guns and stuff like that. So I had this persona already for that actor. Yeah, and I thought that this fit really well with that. Oh, he's he's in Logan. Okay. He's the guy with the metal, the robotic arm in Logan. That's that's trying to find the girl. Yeah, he's really great in that and he fits that 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 persona though that you know you're already you're already used to cuz you know he's handling guns and everything in there and um what I liked about the casting in this was that it reminded me in a lot of ways of the original Predator movie and that and mm-hmm. cuz I feel like that original Predator movie the casting was spot on. It worked really well for each of those characters. I'm not saying that the Predator has the exact same characters, but I feel like the casting in it is strong. It is strong. I mean, so um, Keegan-Michael Key, obviously from Key and Peele, yep. com- uh, Comedy Central, I'm very familiar with him, um, just does a great, he, he does a great job. And even fitting that role, it's believable. Yeah, because he's got a little bit more to him than just being the funny guy. Exactly. And there's there's little quirks and stuff about each of these characters that you can tell it was written, it was directed and written by you know a guy that actually pays attention to that stuff, which is Shane Black. Mm-hmm. And I'll segue into that real quick because Shane Black he he wrote the Lethal Weapon movies, he wrote Last Action Hero. He helped kind of tighten up the script on the original Predator. So now here he is, um, thirty years later, doing the Predator. He's now directing it, and and he wrote it also. But he also did Iron Man three. Yeah, it's really interesting because I feel like the characters in this are so. It felt like they all had a a, a character diary. Each one of them actually went and did the work. Really thought about what you know. What was this character doing twenty years ago? You know, mm-hmm. where did they start and all this stuff? And Thomas Jane's character is hilarious he's got Tourette's in this mm-hmm. and I think it's it's just it's a great little addition it's like to that character that really mm-hmm. just kind of tops it off mm-hmm. but even even the other actors that I wasn't familiar with um, were were great and there's a there's another character in there I can't I can't recall his name but um, he's kind of the main character alongside um, Boyd Holbrook and he I thought he he was great a great actor um, 
Sterling Brown? You're talking about the no, no, not not Sterling Brown. Oh, Sterling Brown is great. Have, you, have you ever seen um, Black Panther? Yes, not Black <laughs> Panther. We know you've seen that. But have you seen uh, This Is Us? I have not seen. So This, this is, is Us is is a show on. I think it's NBC. I might be wrong on that, but either way it's it's kind of like a like a parenthood style yeah. show of like you know slice of life type of a thing i heard it's amazing it's great the cinematography is great the editing the acting the dialogue everything in it's just super strong and i that was my first introduction to to that actor and he's so good in this though he is he's really he's good. the main bad guy and that's not a spoiler like that that's that's apparent 10 minutes into the movie yep and not even that long, maybe two minutes. And he's he's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's so good in this. And I'm I'm super excited to see this actor be in more things. So another thing about this movie, um, I was a little worried with going into was the 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 kid aspect of it, which the kids played by um, Jacob Tremblay from mm-hmm. Room, not The Room, but Room with. Uh, Captain Marvel herself, mm-hmm. she's in that, and I mean that movie. I don't want to get into that movie, but that movie's great. If you haven't seen Room, go see Room. If you haven't seen The Room, go see The Room, and then tell me which one's better. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I was going to this thing. And, oh man, another movie with a kid. Like I'm at that age now where I don't care. I don't care about the kid aspect in the movies. I don't. I think it feels so forced. But then when I found out, oh, this movie's going to be R, I was like, well, it's not going to be like this weird, like pandering right. to the younger audience type of a thing. It didn't feel that way. It didn't at all. Yeah. I thought I thought Michael Tremblay was great mm-hmm. in it. He um, he plays a kid Jacob with... Jacob Tremblay? Sorry, Jacob. Yeah. He plays a kid with, with Asperger's. And Which is interesting. So just side note that um, Thomas Jane's and Jacob Tremblay's characters have... Um, so one has Tourette's and one has Asperger's and, yep. and you know, that's a very sensitive subject. And another character is, is like a opiate abuser. Right. Too. And you can see him like going through withdrawal as the movie's progressing because yeah. he hasn't had him in a while. And yeah. And to be able to, to be able to, this is where I think they did a good job in that element where they're, it, that's real life, right? That those things are real life things. And yep. you know, we want to be sensitive to those things, but I think they handled them in a way that was um, that was tastefully done. It wasn't it wasn't politically incorrect. They weren't um, you know they weren't taking advantage of, of of these particular characteristics or whatever. They illustrated them on film, mm-hmm. um, and it, it lent to the story realism. I think. Yeah, and I think it worked really well for the most part. There's. There's a part that we'll talk about later that I I don't think it worked for, Mm -hmm. but I think you're right. For the most part, it it felt really, um, you know, realistic and it wasn't, it wasn't like you were using it just to, just to have a plot point. Right. Um, you know, Michael, Michael, Jacob, Jacob Trimley. I keep saying Michael. I don't know why. Uh, maybe because his last name is McKenna and I keep looking at that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think he does it really well really believable this mm-hmm. this kid's a great actor um mm-hmm. and yeah all, all the characters having little quirks like i said I, I think it really adds to them being memorable now the problem that i have is i don't remember any of the characters names like the original i you know you remember nebraska williams you remember i, 
I yeah okay that, that's one because his because name was Gaylord, Gaylord was his original <laughs> name. And, yeah, there is that small spoiler, right? But <laughs> Greek comedic moment. Yeah, because yeah, good. because oh, yeah, all right, yeah, see, good call. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, you're you first introduce all these characters on a, on a on a prison bus basically, and then you have all these little immediate character moments that and they shouldn't work. It shouldn't it shouldn't work to have that much character development and backstory that quickly and then right i mean it was that like immediate and yeah like well, that why does that but then you you connect to these characters pretty quickly and you understand mm-hmm. them and then there's a few moments later you know leading up to it where um you know a certain character is getting attacked and i'm like oh man i don't want this i don't want this character to to go yet like right. I want a little yeah. more time with them like and, oh no here we go right. predator yeah let's start knocking the out characters right? take, yeah but then he doesn't he doesn't die and you're like oh great cool and then you know you go on from there but yeah i really i really liked the characters in this movie and it goes again to i i I think shane black is just a he's a great writer i think um you know he's he's pretty crude in a lot of ways in his writing style but um i I think he's he's a great writer um and he's he's a pretty good director too so wrote lethal weapon movies um Mm -hmm. last action hero and the Monster Squad back in the day. Oh yeah. And then directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is another pretty crude movie, but it's great with Robert Downey Jr. Yep. Um, then he did The Nice Guys with um, Ryan Gosling and uh, Australia a guy that's not Hugh Jackman. Chris Holmes. Chris Hemsworth. Nope. Or that guy. <laughs> Who's another one besides Liam Mel Gibson? Hemsworth. Nope. Not a Hemsworth. He's Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Yeah. There we go. And then yeah. Iron Man three, of course. But, yeah. Um, the DP on this was Larry Fong, um, who, man, I, in my head, I have a romanticized version of Larry Fong. I think where I was thinking he's done. 20 movies that are all amazing and great but he's really only done like eight that have looked maybe not eight maybe only like four that have looked great because he did batman versus superman and i think that movie looks like a cgi mess which that's probably not his fault in a lot of ways well it's funny you bring up batman <clears throat> versus superman just storyline wise because predator side note has fought oh. superman has fought batman has fought the Justice League. The entire Justice the League? The entire Justice League. This is in the comics series. Yeah, and, this and, movie. And this. then fought Superman and Batman together. And then he also fought the Terminator. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, just for, you know, from a comic standpoint, um, I find it interesting that the Predator is... Is he fearful to challenge anybody in the MCU? Because you know, any one of them by themselves would totally destroy you. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Well, well, why? Why hasn't he? DC doesn't. Does maybe DC own Dark Horse? Um, there's got to be some. There's got to be something. There's got to be some reason that they haven't. Because 20th Century Fox owns Predator, but they don't own. Obviously, they don't own. uh, DC. Right. So what? What's going on there? Yeah. Somebody. Somebody call them up. Yeah. Somebody post up a comment or or at us yeah, and let us know. Yeah, at me for that. Yeah. Back to Larry Fong. So he did Super 8, which I think is a great-looking movie. That's J.J. Abrams. Loved Super 8. Yeah, Super 8 is, oh, is really man. great. Did Batman vs. Superman. I mean, obviously these these look good, but there is still something about them that's off. I just I think it's I think it's just the overuse of green screen and the stylizing of mm-hmm. it. It just doesn't work for me. But, yeah, um, the grainy... Yeah, the gritty realism, the gritty realism thing. Yeah. I, yeah, back to that. I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't care for it. But he did Kong Skull Island, 
which the only redeeming thing of that movie to me is the cinematography. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's these crazy sunsets. It, but the whole movie again is just a rip off of um, you know every every 70s and 80s Vietnam movie. Right. That's that's all it is. Yeah. All this horrific stuff juxtaposed against this beautiful landscape and paradise and yep. yeah. But he did Watchmen and 300, and I think those two. For the time that they came yeah. out, were very unique, yeah, very beautiful, yeah. um, very stylized. Mm-hmm. But now you have every movie yeah. that Zack Snyder's doing looks like that, and that's that's right. where the issue comes. Right. You have a couple of movies like I don't think Three Hundred and Watchmen look the same. No. Anybody that says they no. do is is just being you know ignorant to it, and because they they're both stylized very differently. Yes, they both have a stylization to them, mm-hmm. but Watchmen is in a lot of ways to me, more, uh, more grounded, I think more realistic looking for sure. than, than 300 for sure. Yeah. And 300 is that was the whole idea behind that was, it was the graphic novel. It was yeah. like, let's take the graphic novel look and feel and apply that to this film. Yeah. Which was, was a win, I think. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, just let's let's wrap up this this section of the spoiler free part. And um, let's just, you know, we, we talked about the actors, the characters, the writing. It's all really good. It, you know, if, if you don't mind, you know, uh, a pretty a pretty OK, normal, but fun action movie, go see it. Yeah. Go check it out. Yeah. It's it, you, it's really it's not a waste of it, ten it is bucks. A, it's entertaining yeah. for sure. Um, you know, you said fun, fun. I would completely agree with you, yeah. which I did not anticipate. No, which I, mean, I should have, knowing that they cast Keegan Michael Key. But it, it, but it wasn't just time, him either. It wasn't just him. Everybody had and, great moments. And again, nods to the writing. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. with um, with Black. I mean, he. And it's only it's only an hour and 47 minutes. It's Mm -hmm. not that long, Um, which doing some research on this, I didn't realize that Predator one is an hour and 47 minutes. Predators is an hour and 47 minutes. And the Predator is an hour and 47 minutes. The only one that differs is Predator two. And it's a minute different an hour and 48 minutes. Wow. I did not realize that. It's insane. That, that is insane. <laughs> I mean, so they're like, so here's there the mold. A, there's <laughs> a technical nod yeah. back that we didn't even, that you probably wouldn't have known. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I thought it was interesting. You know, it's a fun movie. It, it does, it does mention predator one. It does mention predator two and they even say 1997. So I, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what universe this is in. It's not ours because 97 didn't have a crazy heat wave and, you know, with with crazy voodoo gangs going back to Predator Two, but, <laughs> right? But yeah, it's it's really interesting. So check it out if you're going to, and uh, we're gonna get into uh, spoilers on this now. So um, all right, Spo- this first is the big official spoiler. spoiler alert. Yeah, so spoiler boop, alert. Boop, boop, boop. Abort now if you want to <laughs> check us out at the Easy Podcast. Press pause. Go see the movie, and then come back, and then and then continue on. Yeah, yeah. iTunes will save it for you. Yep. The ending. I hated it. <laughs> I hated the ending. I didn't like anything about the ending. You mean the ending with the pod? I mean all th- all three endings. All so this three this movie endings. this movie has this movie has Lord of the Rings endings because it has the the ship crashes. Which let let me talk about that first. The sea, Wait, the, the ship crashes. The, the 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 big predator ship 
the, all three. Oh, when they're fighting this, all three and, remaining and, characters. And the girl takes jump it down with the grenade the, launcher. You're shooting. You're shooting everything you got at this predator, and it's not hurting him at all. And right. all of a sudden, you're going to tell me that a, a, a tiny grenade launcher is going to bring down this this predator well, ship? Why isn't the predator the, ship is is the, the grenade launcher, and then Nebraska Williams with a knife? <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds even more ridiculous when you say that. I mean, you know, he 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 knows he's not going to make it's it. It just at lo- that point. it looks terrible too. It was. I saw it large format, so I, it was you know 4K projection, and it's, yeah, it's bigger yeah. than anything. So you saw IMAX. No, I saw 80 foot Harkin oh. Cine One. Oh, nice. So here in, in in Arizona, we have a, a theater chain. I think it's in Colorado, maybe Oklahoma too now, but um, called uh, Harkins, and um, they have a couple of large format theater screens. Uh, I think there's one here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and then there's one in Avondale. Yeah, Cine Capri. Yeah, Cine Capri yeah. is the Scottsdale one. The Cine One is the one in Avondale. Okay, yeah, the Cine Capri theaters. It's an 80-foot screen yes. with the biggest gold curtain I've ever seen. I saw Infinity War three times oh in that theater. Gosh. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, it it's is. it's one of the best presentations aside from an IMAX, like full IMAX that you can get to yeah. out here. But anyways, it's not there. And the CGI looked, it just looked bad. And it the whole ending felt like a reshoot. And then I go and I look back and, and sure it, was. it was. Yeah. And I was like, ah, called it. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching it, and those the three characters that are left, aside from Olivia Mung's character who's on the side, jump on top of the ship, and then the force field of the ship starts activating, and it takes like five minutes to activate, yeah, and it's slowly creeping on them, and then one guy jumps under it, the other guy jumps on top of it, and then the other guy just doesn't do anything, so he gets cut in half and then right, flies which is off the nod, back. It, I mean, the cut in half thing is a nod back to, you know, Predator 2. I, I, okay, he, he I guess so. I guess so. All right, I'll, I'll give it that. Which I thought, I was like, oh, okay, I see that. All I, right. The, the, did I enjoy it? Eh. It was like, no. like, no, like the, when you press the force field button, like the it whole, turns it, it's on. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not like, like it, slowly it slowly comes again. It's never, ah, whatever. Yeah. I didn't like that. So this from, from this point on in the movie, I didn't care. Yeah. I didn't like it. I thought the characters started doing things that didn't make sense. I, it felt rushed. It felt like a reshoot. And, and then Nebraska jumps into the engine that hasn't had its force field turned on yet. Okay, so. Let, and it blows it up, and then they crash. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you from a from a filmmaking standpoint. If he stole no, my kid, I, I understand what you're talking about. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> so I, I can put my I can put my my feet in in those shoes. Totally yeah, understand yeah. that. Yeah. But here's the thing. You wrote the movie that way. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have to write it that way. You didn't. Yeah, that's true. So I'm, I'm, you, you yeah. wrote it. You wrote it in such a way that you you put those characters in that situation. But it's a reshoot. You can I can tell it's a reshoot. Yeah. Anybody that has any sort of knowledge about filmmaking yeah, can yeah. tell it's a reshoot. Yeah. It just it doesn't make any sense. And then so then the ship crashes. Olivia Mung's character kind of comes out of nowhere. But the previous shot of her was like on top of a mountain, and you see the ship crashing. Like, I mean, it's miles away. Yeah, for sure. And yet she's there in like five minutes. Yeah, There's less than no five way, minutes. Right. I mean. There's no way that would have happened. And she would have also had to have gone back and got the invisible ball thing. Right. Found it in the grass. Uh-huh. Got it. 
uh-huh. and then went and found them yeah. and then that was okay. a, that was that was a huge disconnect i completely agree yeah. that was like wait the, what the other thing and i mentioned this earlier with predators was the pred dog yeah uh, the pred dog in this movie is what you're right what are you doing yeah after it's, the it's fight on a, the football field it was like wait so the he lobotomizes the dog and the dog is like passive now. Yeah. Like, and, and, and then he shows up what, what, randomly. I know at this it, farm, it, like it, how did they, how did it, they find them? It, they were so far away. There's no way. I mean, I understand that it's, it's job is to hunt people down and to yeah. like get their scent and follow them and all this sure. stuff. But you got but he's so lobotomized now. Yeah. He doesn't have that and, thing anymore. Yeah, that, that instant. And then it's like, you don't know, well, is he friendly towards Olivia Munn's character now? Yeah. Or, or and is, then, is, 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 or, or like yeah there so one too of the, much dog yeah one of the characters he's like no 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 don't shoot him he's fine and all this stuff was like and i was like waiting for the dog to just eat that character because i thought it was going to be a funny point yeah i was like oh this like is, this takes is his hand off or on. something it, right never happens yeah so right. then this dog is just this plot point to to deliver items that are needed for the story to the character that needs them Right, yeah, the grenade. Drops the grenade. Yeah. What? Like, why did you get why did you have the grenade. grenade? Yeah. Like where did you even get that? Right. And and then later on it has the the little um I guess the shield or the ship thing. That's the tiny little thing that yeah, you know. Yeah, the controller. <laughs> where did you get like why? Why yeah. did, you know, and it just shows up wherever they need him to show up and it didn't make any sense. I hated it. I absolutely hated yeah, it. Yeah, that was very disjointed and uh, it I was mean, weird. The, what I did like was I, I liked the high school scene. Yeah. I loved all that stuff. I thought it was mm-hmm. actually really cool. I, I would have loved if the finale of the movie took place at that high school. I thought it would have been a really unique setting mm-hmm. that none of the other movies have, have done anything like that. But that's only halfway through the movie. We're right. at this high school, and then we have the football field, and he lobotomizes the Pred Dog. And <laughs> I, in the movie theater, I'm sitting there, and I'm watching it, and the Pred Dog, like, they're getting into the RV, and they're driving off, and the Pred Dog's, like, walking in the background. I'm like, mm-hmm. they're just going to let him go? Right. Like, I thought that was great if you would have just ended it at that. Right. But then it shows up, and it's right. just, all right, we talked enough about the Pred Dog. We'll move on. Yeah, we wanted to move on in the movie, and we just couldn't. We couldn't. <laughs> but we can now. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned earlier that you liked the throwbacks and I the did. one-liners. I did. I rolled my eyes so hard at the get to the chopper. Oh, come on. I thought come it was That's terrible a classic. That's a classic. It is. It's a cl- and it, but he's and talking the, about motorcycles. Right, yeah, it is, which is great. Nobody because, calls them choppers. Well, Nobody calls them. That's why it feels so forced. Nobody's called them choppers since the 80s. And maybe that's the idea. Yeah. it worked. Okay. But nobody calls them that. It worked for me. I guess maybe it maybe for maybe. It maybe was your forced. age group yeah, yeah. is the you can throw my audience age under the bus. Oh, I'm just that's saying totally maybe fine. maybe that's the audience that they were aiming at with that joke. It worked for me. I liked it. it was I a, rolled it, my it eyes was, hard. I thought it, it was. It is terrible. an eye roller. I will agree with you on it is an eye roller. It's like it was like oh man, are you kidding me? And but but I enjoyed the cheese. Let's just put it that way. Like right. it was a little bit of cheese whiz on my on yeah. my cauliflower. I did enjoy <laughs> the schlock. Yeah, the schlock is pretty good. And it was in a, in a moment where I think it worked. The reason why it worked for me was because, um, you know, you mentioned fun. 
there were some it was some fun you know and some of the banter between the characters because that comes in pretty quickly well the whole scene leading up to that yeah line, it was the bus and she shoots herself in the foot right it's so good yeah that whole bus scene yeah. is great awesome there's not a part of that that i don't <laughs> yeah, like until right. he says the choppers line but yeah beyond that i it's it's just clever and it's fun yeah and you're running around like you're literally like she's chasing a predator the, the, yeah the fun this, yeah, yeah the, it's, it's great yeah because you know you're watching predator and what's the first thing you think of when you're thinking predator get to the chopper always every you time know? yeah it's you're like, right you're right <laughs> i mean yeah. well the other thing that was an eye roller to me was the overuse of cgi in this mm. mm-hmm. so i know it's in predators because that's the first kind of time that they're able to use it because that was 2010 so they had the ability to bring in a lot more cgi right. technologies but they, they reserved yeah. it a lot for just the pred dogs because it's hard to do a dog you know a, sure. a, a monster dog that isn't just a dog in a rubber suit and that doesn't work out you can't control them very well and right all that but I, the big predator the the alpha predator or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them the one that's 11 feet tall and not seven feet tall like Every time it was on screen, I was just like, man, I wish this was a guy in a suit and they just did camera angles to make him look bigger. Right. Every time I was in there and man, it was just a, it was a letdown. It was a bummer because the part that I loved about the original Predator was he was realistic feeling and big and just ominous. And, and I didn't, I didn't get that, that real vibe with mm-hmm. the Predator. I was like, ah, oh, it's just another CGI character that's running around. Right. Blowing them up and stuff. And you know what? I just... I, I thought it could have been done better. Well, speaking of big CGI characters, Thanos, right? Big CGI character, and which was cool when the the Blu-ray was released. You got to see a lot of the, you know, pre special effects, pre special effects, yeah. cutscenes and stuff to that effect. So, you know, Thanos is CGI. I mean, yeah, they they did the sensor mapping with Josh Brolin mm-hmm. and the whole nine. So there's still a feel to it, but. Does it, does Thanos work for you? Yeah, it does. But I, I guess maybe mindless CGI monsters don't work for me. Maybe that's what it is. Right. Because because Josh Brolin is acting. He's giving dialogue. He's he's talking. And in this, it, it felt a little. It didn't it didn't feel as bad as Steppenwolf, but it felt a little bit like Steppenwolf from Justice League to me. Gotcha. Um, like, yes, I would like, agree. Like it wasn't yes. What, yes. I, what I wanted was I wanted. Um, I wanted a realistic predator that was maybe enhanced right. by CGI to make him look bigger, you know, like to kind of add just a little bit more to it instead of being 100% CGI. Now, was he, do you, do you, I don't know. Like if, I know, no. did, I know, you know, a lot of times, so like in Brolin's character, they actually did the sensors in, in some of those. I don't know if this was an actual guy or not. Yeah, I'm wondering if they, they used that. It same. didn't feel like it, but I, I mean... I see your point, though, because Predator, the character, was a guy in the suit originally. Yeah. So there was some organic, natural movement that that provided mm-hmm. that it's it's super, I don't care how much technology we have, it's super hard to, to yeah, replicate. Yeah, we're still in that uncanny yeah. valley issue. Because, yeah. you know, there, there are quirky things that, that are what make up that natural movement. Yeah. Um, that yeah, I can see that this doesn't work because you have that expectation. Yeah, that expectation's been been established. Well, that and the, yeah, and, and that's a, that's a big part of it to me because 
in the original movie, you're you're stripping away things. You're, yeah. you're pulling away all the the effects and everything, and then you're just left with a guy and and a, and, a, and a monster. But here, it's like, it felt like they were tacking more on as yeah. the movie went, and it, it wasn't. But there was a there was a guy in a suit for the smaller yeah. one. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the point. And I think maybe maybe that was also my issue with it. Was like I could tell that the guy in the suit in the smaller one was a guy in the suit in the smaller one, and then it was up against this. I don't know. I I don't have the answer to how you fix that. Um, yeah. You know, I I always go back to find the, an actor that's eleven feet tall. I mean, this, I mean, come on. They exist. I'm sure somebody out there. But <laughs> you know, I I think I always go back to the Lord of the Rings versus the Hobbit debate, mm. where the Hobbit used green screen to show depth or show size, but Lord of the Rings used camera tricks and prop tricks so they would have perspective perspective yeah, yeah mm-hmm. difference right so gandalf you know ian mckellen would sit closer to the camera to appear bigger than the hobbits or or whoever else was in in the shot you know i think that works better yeah filmmaking yeah i, I especially like if that you, better you get when you're more not, acting out of it yeah too. and you're not relying on the you know and to your point overly overly using cgi yeah because you can yeah I don't think I would have cared as much if the ending wasn't a big CGI fest with the ship and the crashing and then, you know, just the Pred Dog comes back and all this other stuff. And then we get to the ending ending, the final ending, where I'm going to now talk about where I don't think the Asperger's thing works. Where I think that they abused it a little bit. They went a little bit of the accountant, Ben Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck, there it is again. where in the accountant Ben Affleck's character, he has Asperger's. Right. Or Dustin Hoffman. Or Dustin Hoffman, Rain Man. Right. And, you know, that's that's such a small part of it. But anyways, all of a sudden at the end of this movie, this kid is acting normal because he's in an environment that's maybe comfortable to him or whatever, but he's... He now works for the government right, at, yeah, at eleven, right. and he's you know dissecting like the predator helmet and finding yeah. out code and stuff that works for yeah. it. Like he's and, a coder now. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like an this, alien coder. This wouldn't happen no matter how much right. information he saw or how much of the alien stuff he saw. There's no way this would be happening. And right. then they open up the pod that they've been protecting the whole movie, and it's the worst. <laughs> it it reminds me of like an like. You know those companies that make like um, off-label like action figures for like superheroes, and so it's like Spider Guy, and it's like, <laughs> and it like looks like looks kind of like Spider-Man, but then it looks real ugly though, or something's <laughs> off about it, you know, where it's like pink and like orange and purple or something, you know. Spider the, Guy. <laughs> the suit that's it ends it ends up being a suit. Right. The pod yeah. that they that the predator yeah. was trying to protect the whole time ends up being a suit. Right. That was originally manufactured by Tony Stark. Basically. <laughs> because the thing lives just in a little gauntlet uh-huh. that a character randomly puts on yeah. and then it takes over his entire body. Right. And what what is it? The 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 kid says, Oh, it's called uh, the predator killer. You're right. And I'm like Oh no! What right, is yeah. this gonna be? Yeah. But then I'm like, oh wait, Predator Killer. What have been some Predator Killers? Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has been a Predator Killer. Uh-huh. Adrian Brody's killed a couple Predators. Uh-huh. Maybe that's what's in the pod, and the pod looks very human shaped. Sure. Yeah, that was the whole point. This stupid thing just shoots out of the top, 
latches onto a guy's arm and then nanotechs all around him yeah. into this terrible <laughs> off-brand war machine looking yeah it was like war it was <sighs> like war machine with the predator helmet on yeah it's like if you had a 12 year old design a transformer yeah that's what it looked like yeah it, it was terrible and it yeah. it looked bad and then yeah. and then of course they have the the one liner at the end goes well, that's my new suit Mm-hmm. Hope they got it in a in a long. Yeah, for like, too are long. Are you <laughs> kidding me? And then credits. I'm like, no, don't end it like yeah, this. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It was really bad. And I, I loved the movie up until the yeah. the, the spaceship piece at the end where they mm-hmm. all jump on it. It was great. I thought it was great until then. But gosh, guys, what were you thinking there at the end? Yeah. Well, it, it was a reshoot and it was a studio thing for sure. And they were like, we need a happier ending. We need a, and we need a, a why, why we, do we need a, we need a, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. And, and predator one's barely happy. Yeah. You know, he's, he's like, I wouldn't Arnold's say it was basically happy. defeated at the yeah, end there. All I, of his buddies just got killed yeah. and he's, he's it's exhausted. And yeah. yeah, he, he, he narrowly escapes with his life. Yeah. Not necessarily happy. Ending. No, I just don't. I, it was clearly just sequel bait. Yeah. To just set up another sequel to, and yeah. I hated it and yeah. it looked terrible. Yeah. The sequ- the, it was like, oh, wow, really? And you got a suit yeah. now. And you, so the, the fighting continues. Yeah. Um, but For a couple, sure. you know, a couple of things that I really, really appreciated is it was R. Yeah. It reminded oh, yeah. me of those mm-hmm. awful movies. We're that not, I, a, we're not afraid of the language. No. We're, yeah. And we're not afraid of the gore. We're yeah, not afraid of the gore. Fun gore. It's not over the top. Yeah. And I, and I, I really enjoyed it. I really, I, I really liked that. It, I felt like I was young again. I mean, I'm only 30, but I felt like I was, you know, and I had a really weird childhood cause I grew up watching horror movies and, 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 uh, action movies, but I, you That's know, not weird. it was fun. Yeah. 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 It's not, weird. you know, but I, you know, I, most of them were, uh, TV edits, I'm sure. But you know, maybe I, I didn't, maybe, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised at how, you know, it's funny cause I come home from, from watching that last night and my wife and my daughter have got coming to America on the TV and you know, on Netflix. And so I, of course I get drawn in because it just Arsenio and, and Eddie Murphy oh, just yeah. does a great, I mean, and how many characters they play in that and <laughs> yeah. just, and they do, if, I mean, it's hilarious. The hilarity ensues top to bottom, but I don't recall all the vir- vulgarity in that movie. Oh, it's, I, I mean, it was like, yeah. I'm like, wow, I don't, rem-, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't have, re- I don't remember it that way. Like I remember all the funny moments and, but yeah, so definitely there's vulgarity and and gore, you yeah. know for sure. Yeah. Definitely earns but the R rating. It's in it's in a lot of. I, I mean, I hate to say gore is fun, but <laughs> you know, but, but it, it's it, used well. It is, and it's yeah. used in, in a kind of a, a tongue in cheek sort of way. It yeah. is a lot of. It harkens back to the '80s movies on a lot of ways. Yeah. In, in that regard, and yep. and none of it feels like it's um, like it's gore porn. You know, like the mm-hmm. Saw movies kind of feel, they kind of turn yeah, into that. Yeah. The Purge movies kind yeah. of are that. And none of it really, it didn't really feel like that. And it was, you know, it was just fun. You know, clearly, clearly <laughs> fake, fun. Clearly yeah, fake beheaded blood. beheaded three guys and the helmets <laughs> go bouncing down the street. Sure. That's fun. Yeah, no, lots of fun. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I had fun yeah. with it. I, you know, I, I think it's well worth the money. Go check it out. If you're still listening, you know, past the spoilers, go check it out. 
see it. I, I'd like to see another one just because I'd like to see them kind of maybe fix the ending that they gave us. Um, yeah. You know, kind of show us maybe more in line of what they originally had. I heard the ending originally was a lot darker. Um, show me that ending. I, yeah. I hope that's on the Blu-ray yeah. or something because that sounds you know appealing to me. I'm a I'm a big fan of you know not all happy endings. In yeah, because movies. not all stories have a happy ending, and that's exactly yeah. And and, and we're mature enough as an audience to to. I mean, it's an R-rated movie. You're not yeah. you're not targeting I'm this. Not at your coming PG-13s. to see the end of Cinderella here. Exactly. Yeah. Like, come on. Which the original Cinderella doesn't have right. a happy ending either. So right. why is I mean, a bad neither example. does Infinity War. No. No. So it, it, we're okay with. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna tease a, a sequel and your your ending is dark and depressing, because you know your your main characters either don't survive or they're left despondent and beat down. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. This leads a lot of ways into just rest in peace, 20th Century Fox. Right. That's the because, thing that because really now hit what's me. now what's going to happen is I, I saw the fanfare come up at the beginning. Yep. It's like, well, how many more of these am I going to see before it's got the, you know the Disney logo, or they're not even using it at all, and it's called something else? And right. I mean, I, th- I think a part of me thinks that they'll probably keep the name, but I don't think they're going to have movies like this. Yeah, I don't, because I don't maybe think they used the, maybe that that was a thing too that hit me right in the beginning is you know the like you said the 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 logo pops up and that's very familiar over the last hundred years. And, and I, I think Disney would be a miss if they completely scrapped that. I think, I think they need to use this as their outlet for that style of of stuff. Exactly. Like let's keep, let's, we're going to do movies in this style and we're going to keep that, you know, just like Marvel. Right. I really they hope that's Marvel. what they do. They could rebrand it if they wanted to, which would be a huge fail miss yep. if they did that. Yeah. Keep, but keep, I mean, but then you look at, at Lucasfilm. They bought Lucasfilm and then they're kind of in the process of trying to rebrand that and it's not working out. Yeah. So I, I right. do hope that, you know, with the purchase of 20th Century Fox that they keep it as 20th Century Fox. They still let them do things like this because mm-hmm. there is a market for these movies, yep. these style of movies. There is mm-hmm. a, a market for the Fox Searchlight movies, you know, the independent ones. So yep. I hope they have this outlet still. I hope this is still here and I hope I get to keep seeing 20th Century Fox yes. fanfare so for Disney, the rest of my life. if you are listening. And I know you are. Yeah. You listen to everything. So please, please carry on. With the Fox, 20th Century Fox. And let them keep making Predator movies. <laughs> Eventually, there's going to be another good one. Right. And this was almost there. This was really close to me. But yeah, 20th Century Fox, keep them, keep them doing what they're doing. And, you know, just there's so much of that that I, I, I will miss if they get rid of it. And I really hope they don't. So, yeah. Um, did you did you have any good previews before you viewing there were some good previews so i had one that was for bad times at the el royale have you seen this no that was the first time i saw that trailer mine too i don't know how i haven't heard of this movie yet because it's huge yeah i mean you've got yeah john Mm ham jeff bridges chris hemsworth i mean that's just three of them and then there's a whole other cast of characters there yeah i I love yeah hemsworth's entry is like this long hair drunk you know it was like almost a fabio type of you know his shirts open and like okay yes a nod to the eye candy for the ladies yeah right (laughs) 
I hadn't heard of this, and I it looks. I had neither. It looks killer. Yeah. I mean, it might be a miss, but I think it looks interesting. It looks fun. Again, it's another one of those R-rated fun movies that I think you know needs to needs to keep staying around. But um, another movie that I thought looked fun and just absolutely bonkers is this Overlord movie. Have you heard of this movie? I have not. So Overlord, to give a little bit of history was originally going to be recut and the ending changed to be another Cloverfield movie. But they ended up deciding to not go that route and so it's its own thing now. And what it is, is <laughs> it takes place during World War II. Um, a group of guys, paratroopers, get launched right. out of a plane, plane explodes, they land, and they land near this like Nazi camp that I guess like isn't on any maps or anything. Well, Nobody was, even knows it's there. It's they, like a they castle. They landed in France. Apparently. Oh, is it in France? Yeah. Oh, okay. They, they land in France. Some and then they're they're kind of. It was as I'm watching the trailer, I can't help but think Saving Private Ryan. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be dark. <laughs> yeah. And then it has kind of that graphic novel feel to it. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, this is a really cool like you know Band of Brothers. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, what? Yeah, and it, it's like it takes this dark Nazi scientist, you yeah, know, like it's insane. Like they're injecting people and they're turning into monsters and stuff. And I'm like, what is going on? And, and there's like a, a purpose. Yeah, and there's like a flamethrower. I'm like, yes, I'm in. I'm, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> so bad times, right Overlord, and then uh, since Halloween's coming up, Halloween. Oh man, this was the first trailer I've seen for this because I hadn't I hadn't want to watch anything. Yeah, I so, was like, oh, the Halloween series is so tired. It's like, seriously, put it to rest. But we're going back. Yeah. We're going back OG. But with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. And I was, and she was like so happy that he escaped. Yeah, because she just wants to kill him. She wants to kill him. Oh, what is this? Yeah, it looks it looks I, really good. I was like, I'm in. Yeah, and it, it, it disregards the last you know, 30 years of the movies and it takes place basically 30 years after the first Halloween and that's it. Mm -hmm. And, um, the funny thing about it is it's written by somebody that you would not expect to have written it. You know, it's written by no Danny McBride. What are you kidding me? <laughs> You're kidding me. Nope. And it's, and it's directed and also written by David Gordon green. And those guys have worked together on a number of just comedic movies. So, but they're huge Halloween fans. I'm in shock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two really like, what? Like who gave them the keys to this kingdom? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> said, like, yeah, sure. But yeah, anyways. So, I mean, they did Vice Principals and uh, just a bunch of other stuff together. That's nowhere. I mean, Eastbound and Down is nowhere near Halloween. Right. So, okay. Did you get... Here's another one. So, I mean, it's funny that we have all these nods back, you know, to pop culture 30 years ago. Bohemian Rhapsody. I didn't see the trailer before this movie, but I've seen a trailer. And I think, I don't think you could have gotten a, maybe a better actor to play, to play him. Yeah. I mean, I saw the trailer. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Rami Malek him. looks just like him. Yeah. Amazing. It's pretty amazing. But other than that, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot big movie wise that's coming out. Um, Halloween's probably the biggest one, right? Um, yeah, 
there is a Nick Cage movie coming out called Mandy that I hear is supposed to be in absolutely bonkers. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that, I've, that I've my, heard I've heard good things about it. Yeah, that was your Nick Cage that, impression. That was my Con Air throwback. Oh right my there. gosh, Con Air! Cool, <laughs> the wind blowing in his face. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're gonna have to do a Halloween episode for sure. Yeah, um, you know I I love those movies, even if they are terrible after the first one. But we'll have to we'll have to watch a couple. Yeah, maybe, I'm not, maybe I'm not opposed to that. Maybe that Halloween one Halloween, and two. And, Halloween as a kid terrified me. Oh really? And Jamie Lee Curtis is such a great actor. Oh, in that especially. Um, I mean, you totally there. I mean, you know when the actor, the actress is just amazing, and they draw you in, and like you, you feel what they feel. Like you're feeling like just on the. I mean, oh, you're the scene like, in the you're, closet. You got goosebumps. You're like, yeah, the scene uh, in the closet. When yeah, I uh, just. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. definitely on, you know, it's on the pedestal of, of great horror movies for a reason. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I'm excited for this new one. I think it looks cool. I think it looks great. I don't, I don't think it, it's hearkening back to, again, hearkening back to that, that style and, and feeling of the original. So, all right. So next week, what do you, what do you want to do? How about Crazy Rich Asians? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I've been really excited to see it. So the, yeah, let's go, let's go see during the week and, and, and do the next episode on that. Yeah, my, I'm half Asian. And I'm Caucasian, so that I, you know, like I'm cutting this. <laughs> I'm definitely cutting this out. But my wife's my wife's Filipino, so she's encouraged me to see it, and she wants to see it again. And she said I'll have a deeper understanding and appreciation of who she is after watching this. Great, yeah, let's do it then. So next week we'll do Crazy Rich Asians, and uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, we are on Instagram. I'm at Zach Abbotts, and he's at Eric Thurston. Or you can get the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at The Easy Podcast. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, which is probably what you're listening to it on right now. And I think we'll be on Spotify here pretty soon. So, yep. guys, we'll see you next time. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening to us ramble about movies again for another hour. <laughs> I don't know how long we've been doing this, but uh, make sure you check out the next episode, and we'll see you next time. Bye. All right. See you.